0: Critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent film. And now, here is your host, Ben Gordon.
1: Zippity doodah! Hello! Welcome to the show, The Doc G Show. Oh. Get ready. I hope you're ready to be entertained. I'm ready to entertain you. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Mr. Dave
2: Burles Berlin. Hey, Doc. Just wanted to let you know, you're like family to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you and Justin on this show, feel like we're a big old family together. We are. I, I don't know if Justin feels the same way right now. He doesn't. He hates us. I'll, I'll take over for the two of us. Thank
1: you. I appreciate that. Somebody cares about the quality and the love between one another on the show. Thank you. And the, the radio trois. Yeah. It's a radio duo. Mm-hmm. Did I switch languages? Yeah. Yes. I did. It's all right. Anyways, Dave, how was, how was your week? Get Let's get
2: down to deets. How's uh, your week going, man? Dude, my week is unexciting, stressful, oh. school. A lot of schoolwork. A lot of computer screen. Ugh. But you were on spring break. You had to have yeah, some fun. I was, some I was wild. Yeah, partying. You want to know how i party that's what i like to hear yeah
1: tell me about it documentaries yeah, oh yeah partied with documentaries i went back history
2: documentaries
1: uh, uh, what in a sense yes mm-hmm. okay uh, okay y- you remember when i was talking to quincy white about uh about the bloods and the Crips? yep and how athens athens park where he's from it's quite a uh it's it's quite a, a blood hangout
2: so you got a blood crip documentary
1: going? I, I did. I Ooh. went back. I need to watch that. He's referenced it before in another doc uh, in another interview. Mm-hmm. It's called Bastards of the Party. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I could do with that. And this documentary, it's it's the whole history of the uh, of the Crips and the Bloods. Nice. Yeah. That sounds cool. In LA. And it's a, it's really I mean it's really well done and mm-hmm. it's directed by Clee Sloan. That's right. Clee Sloan. Okay. That's right. Also known on the streets as Bone. Oh, okay. Got it. Clee Bone yep. Sloan. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the listeners, you may know him from Training Day. He was one of the gang members that stuck up for Jake. That would be uh, that would be Ethan Hawke's character at the end of the movie.
0: hmm
1: Yeah. Um, and Clee Sloan was actually a member of the Athens Park Bloods. Say what? Oh dang! So he's got the inside. He's a scoop. real deal, and not just. OG. You, you know, you, you know, Quincy's like, "Hey, I affiliate. I, I know these guys, but he's mm-hmm. you know, he's not just he's not out there gangbanging on a daily,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: This guy was in it, you know. Dang. And as and I was, as I was watching the the documentary, I started thinking. I was like, "How do you become uh, go from a blood member mm-hmm. to an actor? Mm. Like, are you just are you sitting there it's, one it's day that connection? I was sitting one day on the on the curb like you know guys okay. i was thinking on the porch on the steps i was thinking Word. this is a real dangerous dangerous occupation we've got ourselves here what if this is a big crazy what if what if i do this hypothetically i act it out on camera i pretend what do you think about that guys huh there's a lot less bullets involved there blanks is what they use on the set <laughs> You know, like, yeah. I, and I was like, I was so, as I, I kept watching, I was just like, how did that happen? So then I had to, I had to do a little research yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I had to go check it out. And it turns out it's actually even weirder than, than your hypothetical yeah. story. <laughs> so here's what actually happened. Uh, there was a big throwdown between gangs in the nineties mm-hmm. and uh, apparently <laughs> instead of like the cops. Uh, settling this big throwdown yeah. down, it was
2: Jim Brown finally that came to intervene. He was the referee, yeah.
1: And so, Jim Brown, football player Jim Brown, retired obviously at this mm-hmm. point, uh, came in and was like, Hey guys, don't kill each other. Sweet. How about that? You know, and they were like, All right, Jim Brown tells us not yeah. to, we mm-hmm. gotta listen, right? Yeah. and so apparently, he got to know Jim Brown. And Jim Brown was like, nice. "Bros, just come up and hang at my place Co- Thank you. in California." Yeah, and so they went okay. up and partied at Jim Brown's place for like three weeks, and they just go up three there, weeks straight? yeah, three <laughs> weeks straight. That's what he said in an interview, and he just go up there, and they'd be like, "Woo, Jim Brown's place," and that was basically what they did for three weeks. Nice. And then he went back to gangbanging. and just you know it was all right. Well, that was fun, uh-huh. Jim. I'll see you Time later. To get back to business. Yeah, I got work to do, and he got arrested, you know, for undisclosed things. Mm-hmm. And so Jim came to visit him. In a prison, and he was like, "Hey, Clee, oh, what what's up? It's Jim." And he's like, "Hey, Jim, I've been thinking hmm. this going to jail business. It's a real downer. Not fun. I really don't like doing this, and it's a big it's a big percentage of what I do. Most folks that are in my line of business end up in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm looking for a profession where I don't end up in jail. I think Jim Brown did some acting too, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so Jim yeah, yeah. was like. I got the perfect thing for you. Yeah. How about you act? And he was like, Hmm, I think I could do that. And he's like, All right, when you go out, if you're serious, you come out of jail, I'm gonna turn you into into the acting profession. So once he got out, he got him a job as a production assistant. And then it all came into into fruition started from there. Making
2: his way up the tree. Yeah, yeah. How did, how did he get noticed as being a production assistant? To actually like being. Well, he started on the other working. Side. He
1: worked a little bit higher and a little bit higher, and then mm-hmm. somebody needed him as a... Uh, like an extra of some sort? Well, as a technical advisor. Wait, what? So that's what he does. <laughs> how, how do I act to be a gangster? Exactly. Yeah. So okay. they bring him in to make sure that it's that it's true. That yeah. what, what we're looking at is true gangsterism. Portraying a real character. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so like uh, uh, movies and, and TV shows like Southland and SWAT and Straight Outta Compton and uh, Kendrick Lamar music videos, all of them have used Klee to make sure it's that authentic. it is
2: authentic no well, yeah what a career that's not a bad way
1: to make some money but it's crazy to think they bring him in and they're like hey clee would gangsters uh, eat lucky charms if they were made available to him in morning hours Nah, man cap crunch up, oh, Captain Crunch. He says, Captain Crunch, bring it on to the set. Like, what? that's what he does. Yeah. They're like, okay, cool. Like, What kind
2: of blunt wrappers would they Wait,
1: buy? What? So I'm thinking, Dave, hmm. we should use you in the film industry. We should lend your services. As you said, you've been working this whole week doing mm-hmm. the study deal, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... If anybody out there needs a technical advisor for an occupational therapy student, oh. Dave would be happy to tell you the way they should be portrayed. I, I like that idea. In That's, film. I could do that. You can I do, can do tell, that. Hey, you're not doing that right. Exa- do this instead. Exactly. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that show, Scrubs, Didn't they? Sure. Didn't, weren't they learning to be physicians or something along uh, those lines? You line?
2: know, I never saw Scrubs. I got into Grey's Anatomy a little bit. There, the, was there anybody learning to be a physician on Grey's Anatomy? Oh. No, they're already they're there. they're already there. They're in okay. Good Doctor. They're in their residency, so that uh, sort of yeah. I mean, they're getting sort of. they're getting bossed around at that point. Yeah. Well, anyways, so. filmmakers.
1: Dave is ready to be your technical advisor. Doc, you could do it too. You could be a technical advisor professor. Let's, I'm too busy. Hey, I'm too, too busy. busy. <laughs> I'm too busy making this show too great. Busy. Now, while we're waiting on the calls to come flooding in, do you think we should start the show? Mm. Fire it up, ma'am. Let's fire it up. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Dave, we got a great show. We've got lead singer of Carbon Leaf. Mr. Barry Privett, who is is an actor as well really multi-talented yeah that's what he went to school for I'm going to ask him about that but he he went to be in the film industry most recent film
2: Mm -hmm. uh, Lincoln did you ever see lincoln that was uh the the attorney movie <laughs> no about lincoln oh the abraham lincoln yes. one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: nice no i didn't see that one yeah yeah
1: he was a, a member of the house of representatives in nice. that uh, okay. in that film oh, yeah. i was thinking
2: was it lincoln heights was that the, the i think so the attorney movie okay yeah anyways um, yep
1: they are carbon Leaf, big deal mm-hmm. can't wait they're coming down on their 25th anniversary tour here to florida that's going to be nice huge Sweet. yeah that 25 four, man four yeah exactly they they've been they've jamming been jamming longer than you've been alive Dave. Yeah, that's right pretty yeah. crazy right i can't wait to talk to barry he's he's always an entertaining talk yes. but let's go ahead and start where we start which would be birthday suit
0: Happy birthday, Mr. President.
2: all right i don't have a uh... I have Justin to help me out, so I'm going to try and dig deep for these. I'm a little concerned, but I will say... March 28th. Aside from my
1: brother, mm-hmm. there are tons of other famous folks. Okay, we've that have, we had a
2: drought for a couple of weeks, so y-
1: yeah. So there's there's there we're, there were, were I had plethora. bountiful numbers of, of different genres. Famous. Yes, exactly. Nice. So this one, born March 28th, 1986, hmm. in Manhattan, 40, New York. 32.
2: Mm-hmm. 32 from 32. New York. 32.
1: Okay. Our birthday wearer started playing piano at the age of four. Mm -hmm. She ended up going to NYU uh, Tisch School of the Arts, Mm -hmm. but ended up dropping out her second year to focus on music. Mm -hmm. Our birthday suit uh, wearer caught her big break when working for Sony. Mm. Akon was so impressed with her singing ability Mm -hmm. that he convinced Jimmy Iovine to uh sign her to a deal okay her 2008 album the fame was a massive hit with two singles just dance and poker face leading the way
2: uh lady gaga the gaga yes Uh,
1: the gaga Gaga. is correct that is right she uh is she a huge Huge. Big, yeah. She's big time. Six Grammys she's won. Thirteen MTV music awards. Ooh-hoo. Several Guinness Book of World Records. Really? Yeah. I don't know which ones. I didn't oh. actually research it. I'm sorry. Oh man. I'll look it up That's in the inter- next break. Yeah, we'll look we'll it check it
2: out. That's interesting.
1: Here's here's a fun fact about Miss Gagabo is Gaga. Yes. Fun fact, she has a fern named after her, and an extinct animal, and a parasitic wasp. All of their scientific names have Gaga after her in it. Uh, I, yes. I, I don't know how that comes to happen, but that's pretty cool. I, I would like to meet the researchers that were like, you know what? This should be named after Gaga. Yes, we're putting it in there. Just dance. Maybe it was a dancing what? bug. Pretty weird. Yeah, parasitic wasp. A weird fame monster wasp. Anyways, are Happy you birthday to her. ready to... Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Happy birthday, Miss Gaga. All, all the best for you and yours. Are you ready hmm. to rip, are you gonna rip the some? headlines? Rip them. Let's get it. And now, the news. Dave, here's a question to start off the headlines for you. Okay. How drunk do you think is too drunk while practicing
2: as an attorney in the court of law? Hmm. Uh, You know, if if you have anything more to take the the edge off, you know, so you're not super nervous in front of the judge and stuff like that. Okay. You know, you got to be clear-headed, but there's a point. Yes! (laughs) So, an attorney in Kentucky
1: uh, was temporarily suspended from practicing law because at the end of the year last year, he was defending a client in a civil case Mm -hmm. and on the last day of the trial gave an hour-long closing argument. Wow. His demeanor and performance during the closing argument concerned the judge. So, the judge asked the attorney to submit a breathalyzer
2: no way
1: the attorney said no probs i'll do it uh-huh and blew a 0.337 Jeez. holy
2: that's impressive yes
1: just for reference for the listeners the average legal are uh, the average level for someone arrested with a dui is 0.17 and okay. the legal limit for driving is 0.08 that's a fact so this dude blew four times what is allowed for uh driving wow
2: but he was just spitting facts about his clients that's insane because a lot of people you know so like justin blackman for the jaguars had like 0.24 yeah when he was had his dui yeah. and i've heard like once you get around that level is like when you like black out well that's you know three times the the legal limit and this so is th-
1: four times a third
2: of his blood <sighs> no 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 no
1: it's it, it's it's, oh, it's it's actually point that three,
2: three. percent okay yeah. okay, okay yeah 33% of your blood, that'd be good. That that'd be ridiculous. Uh, but yeah. .33 is That's a that's that's, a high that's level. not like a drink or two, that's like Yeah, that's that's a, a dozen. That's
1: a ton. Now I I mean you would you would have to be pounding some shots before oh, And yeah. and to think about that, because he obviously did not drink during
2: so no, so it was higher. So at, at just one point. yeah,
1: when he started that thing, Wowzers.
2: The yeah. hour before. Now
1: sadly I couldn't find out whether he won the case or not. I couldn't find that out.
2: I looked. I'll I be, mean, to be up for an hour talking, but I'll be honest, is
1: impressive. If at he that won that case, I'd let him drink. Yes! If I was his client, I'd be like, "Go for it, man. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> whatever, whatever works for you. Whatever
1: you got to get done now." Uh, Dang, .337. Dave, I gotta ask you about uh, some history here. Mm-hmm. Um, not my strong point, but no, no, well, your history. Okay, my history. Um,
2: when you turned sixteen, mm-hmm. did you breeze through your driving test? Mm. Yeah, Florida's not that hard. Real easy, uh, it, huh? it was in a parking lot. No, my I think the hardest thing I had to do was K turn. Okay. You okay. Know, there was no parallel parking. It was driving straight, stop, turn here merge with traffic come back off of the traffic and back to the parking super easy very nice very nice well it didn't go so well for
1: a young lady in buffalo minnesota oh i never heard of buffalo minnesota yeah yeah well they were uh so she she was going in for her driving test mm-hmm. and they were driving a sweet 2014 chevy equinox nice okay. not, not too big she started the trip Mm-hmm. And it was in a side parking, an angled parking spot on the main road. Those are the easiest. Yeah. And so all she had to do, start, go backwards, reverse mm-hmm. it up, and uh, and go on. Mm-hmm. As you can already see what I'm going to say, she put it in drive. Drive instead of reverse, and went right through a building. What? Literally through the building. Nice. Wow. Through the building. This was a strip mall, and she just ran right through. That's not even tapping the gas to go no. back. That's
2: this flooring was, it. This
1: was brick and metal that she just smashed. <laughs> she smashed it. And I love how the police, the police chief reported this in the newspaper. He said she was not hurt, but her vehicle suffered significant damage. Word. That's it. Yep. He didn't say anything yep. about the building. building, the people inside. <laughs> she crushed that thing. I mean, and, and and then you actually see the Chevy Equinox and you're like, well, it doesn't look that bad actually for
2: for what happened to the Flying building.
1: through a, a wall, that's impressive. And hats off to the Chevy Equinox for having that much power.
2: Do, just yeah, to fly right to through a through, wall. Yeah, that is like I have new respect for Equinoxes now.
1: She's going to have to gather herself though for that comeback uh Yeah, pretty hard to make up those
2: points on the test.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a rough one. She's going to have that hovering over her for the next test. Mm -hmm. Dave, uh, speaking of driving, you've been in a rush before, right? Am I right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Accurate. And you've had to go a little bit over the speed limit.
2: Once or twice.
1: Yeah. At what point do you think it's a little too fast to tell the cops that you were just trying to get to your destination?
0: Hmm.
2: Oh. You know... If you're doing like 70 and a 40, yeah, or like it's kind of hard to go like anything over like 85, because you know when people are like oh when I drive long distances I go like 85, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the most. Anything over those, no. Okay. So like 30 in a normal, 85 up in a okay in a highway.
1: What about 100 miles per
2: hour over the speed limit? Wait, what? 100 over? Oh, 100 over. Yes. Yeah, you're just you're looking for some attention at that point. Well, you know, that's
1: exactly what happened to Jesus. Huh? To Jesus. Yep. Well, maybe I should use his full name. Jesus Sandoval. Uh, Jesus. Jesus, Mm -hmm. yes. Jesus of Sandoval of Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, was driving through Indiana. So he's from Wisconsin, driving Mm -hmm. through Indiana. Uh Nice clip of 160 miles per hour. He's in a Hellcat. Dodge Challenger.
2: Um, he, there, he wasn't in a rush. He was just driving the Hellcat and as so fast as he could.
1: State trooper saw him zip by, z- going in between cars, just oh, merging z- z- with, and with oh. without any without any signals, just zipping right through them. Oh, he just sounds like an a hole. And the trooper tried to catch up to him, couldn't even catch up to him. The only reason he finally did catch up to him was mm-hmm. because there were two tractor trailer trucks having a good old fashioned Mexican standoff. <laughs> And they couldn't get between each other, and the, the the guys just going between both of them, like ah, and can't get around them. Mm-hmm. And so finally pulls him up. So the cop pulls uh, Jesus over and says, Jeez. "Um, why, why, why yeah, are you going you so fast?" You a good reason. And Jesus, with a quick response, was like, "I'm just going to Maryland." Oh yeah. And and the cop was like. Uh, four, and he's like, "Oh, just a trip." No, nice. <laughs> see, I told
2: you, he's just an a-hole. <laughs> you, it's gonna be tough to pull off. Oh, I'm just going on a trip. I'm going to the hot. You have to. It has to be some hardcore. You yeah, can't just say that.
1: Yeah, you can't be going over. A uh, lesson to the listeners: you can't go a hundred over. And get away with, without an excuse already I, planned in your head. I was just trying to get to my Maryland. girlfriend's pregnant at the hospital. Update: Jesus is in jail and his car was impounded. So, so how oh. long are you
2: in jail for after 100?
1: I I don't know how long the uh, incarceration was. I, it but probably
2: varies on the yeah on the state.
1: Yeah, but I mean, hundred over Damn. you can get you can get incarcerated 25 miles per hour over. Really fun fact: in some states, I don't know if that's all states, but in some states yes Dang. okay dave let's hear i'm, I'm just ready i'm ready because i'm so excited about ready being on the show out. let's hear some carbon leaf let's hear let's the first it, single the first song that took them all the way to the ama music award ceremony of 2001 let's hear the boxer we'll be right back with more headlines on the doc g show Spinnaker
2: Wheel. WSKRLPFM. UNF
0: Jacksonville.
1: And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Just a little update for you guys out there. Hmm. Miss Gaga and her world records. Um, Here's just a taste. She had at uh, this would be in 2011 had the most followers on Twitter, and then uh, in 2014 most followed female pop singer on Twitter, uh, and then the most uh, the most searched for female on the internet in 2011, and then there's a whole bunch about her. Music, I guess. Yeah. See, for
2: me, those aren't real world records because she didn't actually do anything to earn them. So <sighs> she's got to start well, putting it. some straws in her mouth,
1: Wait, what? Or,
2: or or hitting some coconuts with
1: her hand. You know, something some, something some impressive. real stuff that we've talked about. Now, yeah! Uh, back to uh the important rip from the headlines. Uh, Dave, mm-hmm. you are of the age to enjoy some alcoholic beverages. God's Nectar, yep. So,
2: have you ever enjoyed an alcoholic beverage while flying? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh... While you're on vacation, you, you get a little, mm-hmm. you know... A little yeah, a little,
1: little airplane uh, shot. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. uh, have you ever enjoyed an alcoholic beverage in the airport before flying?
2: Yeah, you got to wait, you know, in between layovers or mm-hmm. something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I see. Have you ever decided to drink uh, straight vodka from the bottle in the airport and get so intoxicated that you can't walk onto your plane and they have to drag you onto the plane <laughs> and then you break the person's finger that's sitting beside you? Wait, what? No, thank goodness I don't no? drink vodka. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, uh, Andres Andres oh, uh, did that. Andres Bielix, Andres mm-hmm. uh, he was taking a flight to Glasgow, Scotland. And for some reason, before the flight, mm-hmm. maybe because maybe he suffers from alcoholism, decided to uh, crank open a bottle of vodka. Or he's just really afraid of flying and
2: drink most of it. That's impressive.
1: Yeah. And, uh, this is, uh, so as he's doing that, right, yeah. they, they call his flight and he's trying to get on the flight and the members of the actual flight crew are like, this guy, uh, okay. And they, like, start dragging carrying. him on, right? And they basically carry him to his seat and seat him beside Mr. Samuel Wojinski. Which, Mm. come on. We've all been there as Samuel Wojcicki. You see that person coming down the aisle
2: and you're like anywhere but here, anywhere but here, anywhere but here. They they set him beside me. Yep. (laughs) And here he is.
1: Right. And of course that's, of course that's what happens, right? So Sam is beside him. He's like, oh, please don't let this. this Please don't puke on me. uh, Mr. Belix. please do not freak out or puke on me or touch me. Just breathe your alcohol over there.
2: Sleep and just, yep. You know.
1: Of course, that's not what he does. Nope. No. Never. Of course, Mr. Beelux freaks out and just like starts, ah, I don't know, <laughs> and just freaking out. Awakens
2: from his drunken slumber. And so Sam,
1: being a good dude, tries to calm him down. Like, hey, buddy, it's okay. We're going to Glasgow. Let's all get excited about Glasgow. And as he's trying to calm him down, Mr. Beelux just grabs Sam's finger. And pulls it to the Watch point ya. of breaking it. Word. Yes. Breaking it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, uh, Belix, when he got to Glasgow, had several charges against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the charges against him was being drunk on board of a flight. I didn't know that was a charge. Yeah, that's a charge. However, he didn't get charged with that because the judge said that the airline should have never let him on the yeah, plane responsible for in that. the first place. Oh, look at that. Nice. Good job, Judge. Mr. Belix was not charged with that. However, he was still charged with assault on Sam's finger. (laughs) So true. So the the moral of the story... It never works out for the friend. That's the moral of the story. Moral of the story, don't sit beside a drunk guy on a plane or your finger will be broken and he'll get out of it because the flight crew didn't do what they were supposed to do. Um... Okay, here we go. Uh, Dave, this just in. There are still Blockbuster video stores. Sweet. Really? Still open? Or- That's right. Still open.
2: However, the story is about one, how one's closing. But uh, they still exist. Did you know that? No, I. The one by me is a pawn shop now. Yeah, they still exist, man. Uh, so this one that's closing
1: uh, is in North Pole, Alaska. That's right. Uh, that makes North sense. Pole, that, Alaska. That makes it more, That
2: makes more sense.
1: <laughs> Which is a little bit of a misnomer because it's not actually in the North Pole, and it's actually not. It's not at like the north side of Alaska. It's called North Pole, Alaska. That's a fact. Uh, and well, don't try to go there anymore for blockbuster video because they don't have one. That's right. it's closing at the start of April. So sad. The last week. And apparently, people in Alaska like to make an event out of
2: it. That's why they're a big fan of Blockbuster. Yeah, they have, they have nothing else in Alaska. Exactly. Yeah. They're
1: like, hey, you know, we've been sitting in our cabin for the last four months. We, and have,
2: we have no Wi-Fi.
1: And apparently... Uh, Considering Ben's resources on the Doc G show, we're also all drunk. So we might as well just go to Blockbuster, make a night of it. And
2: drink and watch a movie. Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. So uh, starting in April... No more in North, in North Pole, Alaska. However, oh, there still are six blockbusters left. Sweet. Where are they? Four in Alaska. Uh-huh. That makes two sense. in Oregon. Wow. Okay. I could, yeah. That makes, I, I'm not really sure why like Oregon. i Northern Oregon? I'm, I, they just want to be different. I don't know, man. Okay. So, Dave, have you ever met someone uh, over Facebook chat? Hmm. No. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would advise... uh, Not to do that. This next story is a good reason why not to do that. Um, So a fella in Manatee County, Florida... Uh, That's close. (laughs) Yeah, met a nice lady on Facebook chat. Uh, He invited that girl to come hang out. Um, Seems harmless. And she brought her friend along. Oh, lucky guy. Two girls stayed with this guy for several days. Then they decided it's time to go home. So this fella, his brother and his dad are all taking these ladies home. I feel like, by the way, before I get to the end of the story, I'm missing so many
3: details of this story. I'm trying to
2: figure out what's going on
1: here. They didn't give me too much in the story, though. Uh, So, you know, I couldn't do my own investigative reporting. I mean, I guess I could've.
2: It's it's probably for the best.
1: Yeah. So, anywho. So, this guy and his brother and his dad Mm -hmm. are taking home these two ladies that he met on Facebook that stayed with him for, like, Three days, right? Weird. And they're all driving home in the white Dodge Charger. Um, uh, by the way... I was expecting something way worse and creepier. By the way, <laughs> this rip from the headlines is not sponsored by Dodge. Oh. I know there's been two stories. Yeah, t- Hel- Dodge Hellcat and then... <laughs> it's not coming out to make them look that great as far as Dodge. But anyways, so they stop at a pilot gas station. Mm-hmm. And the fella and his dad go into the gas station. The brother's staying in the car. The two ladies are like, hey, we're going to go get something from our bag uh in the trunk and the guy's Mm -hmm. like okay they come back with a machete and a large kitchen knife and they're like hey by the way we're taking your car and he was like holy crap all right you go ahead and do that please don't stab me and so they drove off in the car and of course because this is 2018 the cops were like, yeah, your car's right here. We've got it. And they located the ca- car and they chased him down. Yeah. And uh, by the time that the cops uh, got up to him, it was about three hours later, mm-hmm. uh, the, the uh, two girls wrecked the car completely and uh, then they were taken into custody. Yeah, dude, that's so... Yeah,
2: I need some. I need some background.
1: There seems like I'm missing a lot. Yeah. Uh, but this is all that NBC local news told me. I would this say there's some extracurricular activities. Involved. I feel like there was something, some reason. Extracurricular. May, maybe, yeah, we'll just keep it extracurricular. But. Mm-hmm. Moral of the story. Don't 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 meet, meet people on Facebook. That's not the way you do it. No. Uh, Dave, next story has me conflicted. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Torn down the middle? Yeah, a little torn down the middle because we've been over this on the show before. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of weddings. Nope. (laughs) We know. (laughs) Listeners, if you want to review my feeling on weddings, you can go back to the June 14th show or the November 15th show. (laughs) I reference weddings and how I'm not a fan. I'm also not a fan of Walmarts. Nope. Yeah. If you want my thoughts on that, go back to the April 19th (laughs) show. Yes, I did just plug three former shows, Please go listen to them. But he told you the dates. So. Exactly. You yeah. don't even. I did he all did, the legwork. Exactly. All of the legwork. Anyways, I'm not a fan of Walmart's. And Is I'm there not a, a fan wedding in a Walmart? <laughs> you got it. No, so, I did not. <laughs> yes. So I'm. I'm not a fan of Walmart's, and I'm not a fan of weddings. Maybe oh it's, my gosh. Maybe it's something with the W's. I don't know. Mm. Anyways, Chrissy and Lita. Chrissy and Lita from Pennsylvania, they decided to get married. Is this a man and a woman? This is a lady and a lady. Yeah. Okay. And they decided to get married in Pennsylvania, and Chrissy and Lita, uh, Lita both worked at Walmart. Oh, oh God. When they were setting up this wedding, they realized that a lot of their co-workers wouldn't be able to attend no. this wedding because of their work schedule. No. And they were like, well, you know what? F it! Let's just have our wedding at Walmart! No! Don't do that! So they did. Um. And you know what? Hats off! Because I'm conflicted. As I said, I don't like weddings. But one of the reasons I don't like weddings is because you have to go somewhere you don't want to go on your day off. Yeah! I don't want to spend all day at a stupid wedding when I could be sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah! (laughs) Right? When I'm having to talk to your stupid cousin that I don't know and I never see and again. And you get
2: put at that table
1: with them. Exactly. The reject table. I don't want to be there. But, let's just say right now, if there was a wedding going down the hall and they were like, hey, Frank's getting married down the hall. I'd be like, alright, I'll check it out. Frank's getting married. Is there cake? That's yeah, right. I'll check it out. And you go in there and you're like ten minutes and you're like, alright, I'm going back to my office. I'll
2: see you later. That was like, fun, thanks.
1: That's it. Yeah. I'll go to that wedding. That sounds pretty good. So, hats off to, to Lita and Chrissy. Thinking ahead. I like it. If it. What if it was at Publix? Oh, definitely. Yeah. 100%. Okay. I mean, jeez. Those I, guys are just I'd friendly. like Sam's
2: Club so you could get, like, samples during the wedding.
1: I would get lost. I would not make it to the wedding. It's too big and frightening in there. Are you ready? For our next birthday Ooh. suit. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Born on March 28, 1980 in San Diego. Ooh. Yes. Wales. Mm, Lady You parts. know it. His dad 30. named him after his former teammate, Maurice Lucas, mm. on the Portland Trailblazers. She's he named Mo or Maurice? Well... Whole name, Maurice Lucas. Our birthday suit wearer loved basketball his whole life. He attended University of San Diego High School. And I did not read that wrong. That is the University of San Diego High School. FAU has a high school, too. Weird. Yeah. Where he played and excelled at basketball. Mm -hmm. He ended up accepting a scholarship from the University of Arizona. He graduated in 2003 and was drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers as the 32nd pick. He retired in 2013 and became an assistant for the Golden State Warriors. He's now the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. Name that birthday suit. Oh, Where? Oh
2: Luke Walton. That
1: is correct. Luke
2: Wait, so Walton. His real name is Maurice? No. Lucas. Maurice Lucas. Oh no. Luke. Luke. Luke Walton. Oh.
1: That is okay. correct. Yes. Okay.
2: That is correct. Dude, he's a he's he's I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe it was during, during the radio breaks But like Him and him and his dad Completely different
1: Yeah his dad's a tad insane Yeah So that's one
2: of the things That makes and him And he's different. so smooth
1: Yeah uh, You know If you ever listen to a Bill Walton uh, Commentary College game
2: Oh my gosh it,
1: First of all If you're on the east coast Like us It's gonna be at like one thirty in the morning because it's a Pac-10 game that started at like nine o'clock over there, so mm-hmm. it's like one thirty when it's going on here. Yeah, and he just rambles
2: worse than we do on the show wow. about the dumbest things. Yeah, even wor- more dumb than I. And he so. doesn't
1: care. No, he's excited about it. And
2: the guys making fun of him, like As trying he to does it. trying to get him back. The whole time
1: now, Led Zeppelin—that was a band. I saw them in the '70s. I was super stoned. 1973. It was great. I had a game for the Portland Trailblazers, and we went to see Led Zeppelin after Slam Dunk. Did you just see that? <laughs> UCLA is the greatest team on the planet.
2: Wait, what? That's
1: basically it's what It's in he the does.
2: Raptors.
1: But anywho, guys. Happy birthday birthday. to Luke Walton. We are gonna hear another jam from Carbon League. Say what? This is Dirty Bird. Oh. Fantastic song, by the way, and it's Dirty Bird in parentheses, Learn to Fly. Nice. Originally released in 2006. You know who starred in the video?
2: Hmm. 2006?
1: Any guesses? Luke Walton. Katy Perry. Really, mm-hmm. she was the she was the focal point of the video at that. Okay. Yeah, the, and uh, basically, uh, Katy Perry was not famous, if you remember. Not yet. Uh, she, I kissed a... a girl came out in 2008. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna ask Barry about that today. I'm really? excited about it. Oh, we're that's gonna, cool. We're gonna talk about it. Yes. Speaking of that interview is coming up. After this break, after we hear Dirty Bird, I'm going to bring Barry Privet out. We're going to talk to him. We're going to get some questions going just like the Katy Perry question. I'm
2: pretty stoked, man.
1: It's going to be good stuff. But keep it locked right here on the Doc G Show. This is Carbon Leaf with Dirty Bird. Welcome back to the Doc G Show. We are super happy to be joined by none other than the lead singer of Carbon Leaf, Mr. Barry Privett. Barry, how's it going?
3: <laughs> none other, that's good, that's good. <laughs> Things are going well.
1: There we go, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. 25 years since the start of Carbon Leaf. Wow. Uh, you guys are gearing up to play the 25th anniversary tour uh in just about a month when the when the shows really get rolling when people tell you it's the 25th anniversary or you tell people that it's the 25th anniversary what does that make you think of when you hear 25 years what do you think of
3: <laughs> man i mean we started when we were uh, not even 25 so yeah you know, it's, um, it's it's funny to look back, you know, sometimes, you know, I think with anything you can kind of wake up every day and go, ah, you know, I'm not where I want to be or this or that. And then you're like, man, we've built, we've built a lot in the last <laughs> 25 years, you know, and we're in a very small percentage of musicians making, making a living, making music and, and you know, acquiring fans over the years. And so I think I think when I think of 25 years you know I think the band's developed a lot of a lot of do-it-yourself uh, grit and skill and um, kind of the, the tenacity to you know keep pushing forward and uh, maybe for better or worse I don't know but um, you know we've 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 learned to you know figure it out
1: yeah yeah definitely so you guys started back 93 uh, uh, at Randolph Macon uh, right. and I read that you and Terry, met on the first day of school All we the-
3: actually yeah Terry is our, yeah, our guitarist and he's our he's our kind of studio uh, engineer and guru and um and we we met actually ego by guru yeah, he, he just walked by me um <laughs> uh we met actually before school started there was a week of they called prep orientation where they basically dragged freshmen's, you know the freshman class in uh a week early yeah <laughs> yeah to to teach them nothing and mm-hmm. uh to drag drag them away from their summer and we met we met uh so we really met before before school started but we really didn't play started didn't start playing music together until three years later um You know, the band didn't really become a thing until we were almost out of school. So,
1: yeah, how did you guys turn that meeting into saying, you know, what we should we should probably start a band that's going to last for twenty
3: five (laughs) years? What? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he started playing uh, guitar with uh, another guy on campus, Carter, who's in the the band Carbon Mm -hmm. Leaf, Um, and then Carter was playing uh, with uh, a a drummer. and then that drummer was playing with a bassist, and so everybody's kind of playing with different people, and uh, just kind of like uh, eventually those guys all got together, and then uh, and then I was the last to kind of join in because they needed a singer. <laughs> Some, some
1: it's essential. You gotta. Some, somebody's gotta sing. Somebody's it's a gotta. Necessary,
3: do. necessary evil. <laughs> so, so we got together and we just started learning cover songs and didn't have any ambitions to do anything really except get, get in front of our friends and you know play beer parties. Um, kind of the the way that that thing goes. <laughs> and and then we started just playing some of the Virginia colleges on weekends and go back to college and and it just started spiraling from there and you know saturday turned into friday saturday and that turned into thursday friday saturday and then uh just got out of school and found jobs that we could manage um you know in between tours and it took us like 10 years before things turned the corner and we were able to go full-time very nice we've been full-time ever since about 2001 yeah well
1: you you said uh, real quick you said uh, the the colleges of Virginia did you ever play uh, Radford uh, Hmm. University
3: uh yes yes
1: yes very nice Absolutely. i was just Absolutely. asking because that's that's where i'm from i don't is know that... i don't know if you noticed the area code but that's where i'm originally from is is right nice. right beside radford university both my parents uh graduated from there so i had nice. i had I had, to, I had to make the radford plug
3: that's right, right. <laughs> yeah well this some there's the some man before the one that we have now uh graduated from radford, so there's, oh. there's some some of that uh, bloodline little, little
1: connection <laughs> little connection yeah uh yeah. you didn't go to school for music. You double majored in English and drama, had a minor in journalism. What? Uh, that's right. And I read you're sort of planning on going into the film role which you uh you you still you still do from time to time. Uh do when when was the time that you said, you know what, lead singer that's
3: going to be the primary role for me? Hmm. I know it kind of snuck up on me. I mean, I was. <laughs> I was doing a lot of theater in college and was interested in acting and, and writing for, you know, the screen and things like that. And those are my upbringings and my kind of attentions. And when we started doing the music thing and, and that was kind of an outlet for, for writing and performing. And so it was um, it was what I thought was going to be kind of a nice bridge. Um, and then it's, it ate up so much time, you know, and, and we're self managed and, you know, running the business side of things and, and then doing well enough where it, it actually made a certain amount of sense to, you know, apply all your energies. And before you know it, you're like doing a lot more of that than what you thought you would be doing, you know, when you got out of college. So, yeah. um, it is, it is something I still love and, and I wish I had more time to do uh, than I do, but, yeah. um, it's just, you know, I'm sure everybody feels that way about something in their
1: life. Well, you, uh, one of the last big movies that you were in, you were in the movie uh, Lincoln. Say what? You were uh, a House of uh, Representative member. How how did you how did you just uh, how did you come apart that role? Did you audition for that role, or was there somebody yeah. that that knew uh, you know the director? What happened
0: there?
3: Yeah, they um, they were filming it in uh, in Richmond, and so. They brought the whole production crew there, and you know, as they do on on um, movies, they'll they'll have a certain amount of roles that they'll cast locally mm-hmm. um, or regionally. And um, so I just I uh, threw my hat in the ring and um, I went in for for an audition, and um, um, I, I guess I guess Steven Spielberg liked my tape. I don't know. <laughs> I got a I got a job. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> and um, and it was fun. It was ten days on set, and you know, just a a technically a principal player, but a very very small, you know, a couple of lines kind of thing. And, yeah. Which 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 got cut from the movie. Oh. <laughs> I know. But it was a blast um, just being on set for ten days and seeing how seeing how the A team really works. You know, in yeah. that world, uh, it was a, it was a thrill, especially with the with the material. So it was it was
0: great.
1: Yeah, great honor. I took a gander at your IMBD, because you have, you have a profile on IMBD. You have your Lincoln, uh, cherry, much there. <laughs> cherry Falls Roll, Wicked Spring, those are on there. But I found it pretty interesting there's a trivia section oh and in the trivia section you were named most eligible bachelor for the state of virginia by cosmopolitan magazine in 1999 do do you still hold that title (laughs)
0: I do still hold that. Title. <laughs> yes,
1: I knew it. All right.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I was gonna still, check with Cosmo, Cosmopolitan before we called in to see if that was still the case, but I I, I figure you could let me know.
3: Still hold, still holding the crown. 19 years later. There we go. I like it. Jackpot.
1: but another title you guys, as a band, had. You were the first unsigned band to play the uh, AMA uh, Awards. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and this was this was a competition. this was a new award where you competed against other bands. Uh, and and I saw how you know I well I read a, a lot of different versions of when you guys sort of entered this, and was this was this a, a thing that you guys all sort of went in on and were like, hey, we're going to try to get this, or was it just sort of a, a ruse of just let's throw this in here and
3: mm. yeah, so you know the way that happened was as simple as this. I mean, you know, back then this was like this was like nineteen, this was like two thousand, yeah, 2000, 2000, 2001 where you know the internet was still kind of like this. Kind of emerging thing. Yeah, you know, it was kind of the Wild West, and and all of these all of these companies and websites and companies were were out there, and, and everybody had like a contest that you could enter, mm-hmm. and, and they had all these you know, just cross sponsorships and all this stuff that you could win if you you know if you just took 15 minutes to enter these these online contests. Yeah. And, terry our, our guitarist at the time was working at a studio you know again kind of part-time kind of gig and yeah and when he had free moment you know they had a they had a computer with solid internet connection for whatever that meant back in the day <laughs> and um and he would he would spend time uploading uh songs to some of these contests and and, at, and you know, back then it was like to upload a song or two is like a big kind of a big process and a big deal, you know. And, yeah. And so we would we would upload uh, a couple of tunes and fill out a form and not and then just move on and not think about it. Well, we did that for this American Music Award contest where they were going to choose uh, an unsigned band to ultimately uh, perform on American Music Awards. Mm-hmm. Um kind of a, a big deal called the Coca-Cola New Music Award. and So um, we filled it out and didn't think of anything of it. And then like a month later, we got a, a, a message saying, um, I think it was actually a physical letter, got saying that, you know, we've, we've you know, out of however many 10,000 applicants, we've narrowed it down to 50 and you're one of the 50. And then we got a letter the week later saying, we've narrowed it down to 10, come to New York and compete. Hmm. We, went to, we went to New York to compete and made the top five and then the top five had to compete for a top three spot and then the three did this promotional tour and and we won that (laughs) we went through all that process a couple weeks later we were on the amas
1: (laughs) so so it was basically like the ultimate battle of the bands pretty much just sort of put over this this long period of going through smaller and smaller until you got to the actual uh award ceremony
3: yeah, and it was it was strange because you know the um the the contest for the top five you had to go to New York and compete, and if you made the top five, they put you on a bus that night, and you went you went on a three week tour across the country promoting <laughs> this. So you had to you had to clear your schedule, yeah, and say well we might win, we might lose, and go back home, or we might win, and we'll be gone for three weeks. And back then it was a big deal. We you know everybody had jobs, and and then on top of that it was supposed to be like on November the twelfth or I'm sorry. September the 12th or 13th uh, 2001 and 9-11 happened like the day before and so it got canceled and moved back to like um, January it was just this very strange time and we went to New York we went to New York with nine other bands and and then we we made the top five
1: nice nice so you you had two years uh sort of between that AMA performance and when you signed with Vanguard Records Um, right so I mean, this was a time you had this big single in the boxer, and you you, you had that performance, but you weren't signed. Was that the main priority uh, as the band at that time to say you know we we need to be signed? That's what we need to be to be
3: a band. Hmm. No, not really. I mean, for you know, again, we're already ten you know ten years. Deep into you know kind of being a band, and and if it's one thing that we had learned starting out, it's like we couldn't you know buy help when we were young. It's just like yeah. we did every everything ourselves, and um, even you know booked ourselves and all for for a good while. So we knew we knew that it was kind of a we were we were seasoned enough to know that it was a little bit of a fleeting moment to win this contest. There was this splash of excitement, and you know we we kind of did the round of management manager meetings and all that, and you know eventually we realized you know the biggest asset we could take from that cold contest thing was to get on the road and you know use it as a platform to get in some clubs and some promotion and get get in front of some eyes because we still hadn't done tons of US touring yeah so that's what we did and you know of course it was back in the day when you had to you know get your CDs into stores and that was like a big hurdle and challenge so we you know g- got set up with a distributor and just started getting stuff at Tower Records mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, just started doing that 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 kind of thing, um, kind of at the next level. Um, just really just working out of our own out of our own space. Yeah. And um, and then when a couple of stations started spinning the band as an unsigned band, mm-hmm. that was kind of that was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, and it started getting some legs in some markets like DC and Seattle. And, 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 just um, a few other random places where it become became enough of a story where some of the, the label people were kind of sniffing around mm. um, not, not a lot though and, um, <laughs> eventually Vanguard records which is an infinite label was pursuing it and we had um, we had just finished our new album like a, a new album that we self-funded and all and um, they ended up licensing um, they ended up licensing Indian summer and and then we had a good good moderate hit from that so yeah it was a, it was a good couple of years for us
0: yeah
1: so so you had when you uh once you signed with vanguard you had those three albums that came out on vanguard indian summer uh then love lost hope repeat and then uh nothing rhymes with woman no doubt there was definitely through those three albums you you had a, a ton of you know, great band moments, is there anything as far as that time with Vanguard that really sticks out as as one of those, you know, seminal moments that you were just like, this is, this is great, this is is what you sort of sum up as the good part of being uh, during those three albums?
3: Well, that first, the first album, you know, when we did the license deal with Indian Summer, you know we had we had spent a lot of our own money getting that made and got it the way we wanted it we felt like it was it was really good and and so when when we started on that campaign there was a lot of energy behind it and there were there was there were some key radio uh some triple a key triple a radio um uh, mds and pds that were really pushing hard for the band and opened up a lot of a lot of just uh exposure and in some some cities, and and then they were also kind of proselytizing to other MDs and PDs across the country to you know add the band's uh, song. Mm-hmm. And you know we had a very conservative you know the the label we were on was you know an indie very conservative kind of well let's let's put a little money out see how it does put a little bit more money out see how it does so yeah. you know it was a very conservative kind of rollout. And we had to you know, tour behind it for like two years, back when you could kind of tour two years behind an album. Yeah. <laughs> and just crisscross the country. And, and so that was like a really great, like, next step for us because after 10 years, we were like, you know, if this is kind of all there is, you know, put out a record and sell it to, you know, our region. You know, that was getting a little boring. Yeah. So, so that, that being able to kind of tour nationally and have some of that radio support, um, you know, to for, to gain new music fans was was kind of a big deal, and 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 we took advantage of that. You know, we we we're going back to cities, you know, two three times a year.
1: Well, something else I noticed, and I I've been a I've been a fan of the band for a while, and I, I've always really liked uh, Indian Summer, a great album. I Thanks. I I uh, to be honest, hadn't listened to a lot of the uh, Love, Lost Hope. Uh, album, yeah. um, and I was going through some stuff going before this interview, and I, I saw just in passing in another interview where it was talking about Katy Perry doing the video <laughs> for yeah. Learn to Fly, and I was like, what? I yeah. went back and looked, and uh, th- there she was in your video. What? Um, and then just a couple years after that, two years after that, she comes out with I Kissed a Girl, which blew up was was there yeah. any was there, at there any point while you were recording that video that you were like hey hey guys i'm going to take a wild stab at it she's going to be one of the biggest uh female pop stars
3: of the next decade i just got a feeling right. mm. yeah so so when any summer finished we went like right back to the studio and we made love over repeat and and yeah. we weren't we weren't terribly happy with it and we made some decisions about it that we didn't like and we fixed them when we re-recorded the album mm-hmm. but, but at the time it was like this the philosophy was like, All right, we've had all this momentum, let's get back in the studio and get back out there. Yeah. And we you know, we didn't even have the material and so we just didn't have the perspective. But we went out there and did it and, and then, you know, we made this video in LA for Learn to Fly, which was gonna be the next single. Mm-hmm. And we had just signed on with a new management company and we were trying to find a, a treatment for the for the video and it, it all happened very fast and so basically it turned into you know this performance video where we would intercut with this this girl who's you know getting ready for the show and she's late to the show and you know it was kind of a very standard kind of kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and the management company we had at the time um, had K- Katy Perry, you know, on their roster, and at the time she was just kind of doing like a singer-songwriter, acoustic guitar kind of, you know, kind of thing, yeah. just kind of starting out. But they were, there was definitely some talk because they were, they were definitely kind of like grooming her for something else. You kind of mm-hmm. get the sense of that, and um, and our one of our managers, you know, at the time was who was with them uh with their management companies it was like she's gonna be a big star i know it mm. and um you know and she was definitely katie perry like on this on the set you know she's yeah. very much kind of who she is so they were yeah they were said well we have this girl katie Perry. Who, you know is trying to get some get some work and get exposure and you know she would be perfect for the video because <laughs> at first they were like well we can get Mich- you know i think we can get sir michelle geller this and that <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, sure. Get get me anybody. <laughs> that sounds anybody good. In the, anybody in the WB, I'm sure would be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and anyway, so it turned out to be this unknown Katy Perry, and um, she got a l- to, little bit more known. And she got a little bit more known. I know, right? <laughs> it's Like, oh my gosh, I'm like uh, watching her on the Super Bowl,
1: like you know,
0: a couple of years later. Yeah. It's funny
1: she was in our video guys she wanted to be in our video all right i know
3: and that's kind of the that's kind of like the running joke Kate it's like you watch the video and she's like you know fawning over carbon leaf (laughs) finally pretty funny
1: so after the three albums with vanguard you guys decided to go back again go back to being independent in 2010 right. what what was the biggest uh,
3: reason for the change hmm. yeah, with each of the three albums there was less less of a plan there was less you know kind of success with what we were you know hoping to achieve through being on a label which was just you know helping with more promotion helping with more opportunities to to kind of grow Mm -hmm. and you know there was the radio stuff had kind of you know kind of tapered off and they just weren't spending a lot of money and so at that point we were getting pretty savvy in terms of making our own records and then you know knew that we could make a record for half of the max amount of money they were willing to give us to release one yeah and so it was like well if we can make a record for half the money that they're going to give us and you know we can retain our rights. That's that's kind of the place to start. Yeah. So we didn't renew to make a fourth album, and we bought um, bought our own studio gear and built out built out our own studio, and said, let's you know let's let's get off of this train where you know we're you know a band on a label is kind of like a cash crop, you know, and they they want to rotate you in like every two years. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I, we can't afford to do that. Let's let's make a let's make a music project and release it every six to eight months. Yeah, you know, it was like crazy goal, you know. And we we did that since 2010. We've done seven or eight projects direct to fans. Yeah, and saved saved the money. You know, we s- spent what we could, got out of debt, got into the black. You know, just kind of plugged all the holes and. And, and then just reinforce the message to our fans that we're serious about being artists and, and releasing music, new music, and and that's what we're gonna focus on.
1: Very nice. Well, you, you guys uh, re-released the three albums uh, that you had on Vanguard. You re-released uh, Indian Summer in 2014 and Love, Lost, Hope, Repeat in 2015, and then uh, Nothing Rhymes With Woman in 2016.
3: Uh, Re-records, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so there was a loophole there, right? They they own they own the master recordings of those albums, but you were able to re-record them.
3: Yeah. So the thing with being, you know, on a label where they own the master recordings, you can own the songs. The, you know, I could own 100% of our songs, but if the recording that the songs are contained on is, you know, uh, uh, owned by the record label, then you really don't have any control over it yeah you don't um, and you don't you don't make money off the sales of, of the albums really to any count and yeah. so so it's just a high-interest loan kind of business yeah well. and so and so we you know we went through the contracts and and you know it's it's said in the like it said you cannot you cannot re- you know record you cannot re- record any of, of the music contained on this you know album you know for a period of five years yeah and we're like uh, 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 five years of being off the label. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, that's next year, <laughs> um, and we've released all this new music in the last few years. what do we do now? And it was the ten-year anniversary of Indian Summer, and we were like, why don't we re-record this? We'll own our own a new master copy of the songs that we already own. Yeah, the label can keep the original Indian Summer, and. We'll be able to use this, you know, going forward forever. So yeah. that's what we decided to do. Very nice.
1: Very nice. Well, let, let's take a listen to one of those re recorded tracks. Uh, let's hear about What About Everything off of Indian Summer Revisited right here on the Doc G Show. The dead and fall with a fall,
3: and now they clatter and
1: vain. Holiday sky, midnight clear Wind is high, hard to steer Old muffler rumbles like An old fighter plane
3: Ships on your be
1: Welcome back to the Doc G Show. That was Carbon Leaf with What About Everything off of the album Indian Summer Revisited. We're talking to Barry, the lead singer of Carbon Leaf. Uh, Barry, What About Everything is my favorite Carbon Leaf song. Uh, I've been listening to that one since it came out. I love that song. Uh, nice. there there are some there are some small changes in there, you know? And uh, I, I like the changes that you have. It seems a little bit more pulled back from the the original version. Uh, how do you guys decide on some of these changes in these albums as far as from the original to the the new version?
3: Well, when you're you know when you're kind of in the studio or you're writing a song and you're in the moment, you're making decisions on the fly and you're using your judgment at the time maybe the the taste at the time um, you know there's not a whole lot of reflecting and yeah. so and that's a that's a good thing but also you know a project like this where you're going back and revisiting something after having the benefit of, of playing those songs for now now 10 years mm-hmm. uh, you know you have a, a much better sense of kind of how the song should should resonate you know outside of what you what you did you know one night when you were coming up with it and and committing it to tape um so our goal was to just like we loved the way mostly the record felt yeah um there was you know so i think just being able to play the songs now 10 years in gave gave everything a more organic feel than than some of the you know some of the recording techniques that we used and um but we we were very meticulous in actually honoring kind of what the the album was because it's kind of a classic album for a lot of a lot of people. Yeah. And you know you don't want to mess with that um, t- too much. So we actually would go you know go to each song and pull up all the tracks and analyze kind of how they were done, how they sounded, and can we can we emulate that, but just do it a little a little bit better and. Uh, I think we ach- I think we achieved it like to me it sounds like the original but just um I don't know just just better
1: <laughs> yeah well I mean you know your vocals in particular you, uh, you hear a lot of re-recorded tracks and I can tell instantly you know if, if, if there's been a good amount of time and I hear uh, a re-recorded track from another band I can be like oh that's that when, yeah. when, did, when did they redo that but with this it sounds it sounds as good or better, as far especially the vocals, as far as as the song.
3: So, well, in like for example, the original album, you know, the producer at the time was using like we were like into like a lot of vocal doubling. Mm-hmm. We were using kind of the chorus effect on the vocal, um, and, which just th- kind of thickens it up and yeah. just kind of makes it sound. It makes it sound. I don't know. It makes it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> but you know, the goal is to kind of sing. You know, and not do the doubling and not do the chorus, um, but still give it kind of a real just give it that kind of warm, thick presence. And so, you know, that, that that wasn't as hard as I thought it was gonna be going in. Yeah. I think the the benefit of just playing the songs like you remember how it sounds on the record kind of kind of created that.
0: Yeah.
1: Now now once you guys went back to being uh an independent band, uh did everybody's roles in the band uh, Increase dramatically as far as things you guys have to do and work out. As far as the the, the uh, record company not being there for that.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's one thing that's that's tough, is just kind of all the hats that you have to wear um, instead of just waking up and being creative every day all day. <laughs> yeah. You know. But the reality is, I mean, I manage I manage the band, and the reality is, you know, I I can work a 50-hour week easily. Yeah. Um, on just the business stuff, you know, and so you gotta, you gotta fight for your creative time and, um, but we've, you know, we've, we've done pretty well, um, between Terry and I running, running a lot of the office stuff and, and the st- studio, uh, uh, stuff and, you know, we've, we've gotten some help. We have a booking agent who does a great job and mm-hmm. we have, we finally got someone, um help us with some of the social media stuff because we were you know we were doing all that and, and and that stuff changes so quickly and so often um you know it was just like let's let's not be in the facebook business <laughs> <laughs> well you yeah. well speaking of that as
1: far as the social media side well really really everything as far as keeping in touch with your fans it seems like you guys have sort of been on top of that really from day one i mean from you know Doing the AMA uh, award over the internet, having a, right. a website for your for your band. I mean, I even noticed as far as Instagram. You know, Instagram started back in 2010. One year later, you guys already have an Instagram. And I mean, there's there's some you know there's some bands out there that still don't have an Instagram. You know, <laughs> and, and, it, and it seems like you guys sort yeah. of keep on top of that as far as social media and, and the internet.
3: Yeah, I mean, we we we've tried I mean you certainly say is this something that we should have you know yes or no (laughs) do we do we have a Snapchat you know no we don't (laughs)
0: you
3: you know um, we have to kind of recognize where our where our fans you know congregate on the internet and we try to try to do that I mean we could always be more active we could always have more Instagram story stuff going on that you know we don't or or more video content and you know it's all stuff we've got to kind of really carve, carve out room for. Cause you know, at the end of the I mean you know, this is like the, the fourth day where we've had, you know, um, you know, studio rehearsals for mm-hmm. you know, like seven hours a day. And it's like when it's six thirty at night, you're like, I really don't feel like jumping <laughs> on social media and <laughs> yeah. doing, any, doing any of this stuff.
1: Well, so. speaking of, of new material, you guys, you guys have new music material coming out soon, what? right? You have the Gathering yes. coming out, right? Yes. So, how? First off, uh, when when are, when can we expect the release? Uh, and how does this album compare to the you know other albums you've done in the past?
3: the uh so ga- so gathering is uh this is like volume one of of a of a series that we're doing under the gathering banner and yeah. and um, so this will come out in um, probably late spring we're gonna be announce- um we're gonna be kind of putting up some some offers here in a few weeks
0: mm-hmm.
3: and um, uh, for fans to kind of you know pre you know pre buy and, and all that yeah. and um, and it's 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 different in that it actually doesn't have any it's it's a very acoustic uh, album mm-hmm. it doesn't have any electric guitars on it. we kind of made a rule we're like let's do let's not let's not do anything that's electric guitar driven or let's not put any electric guitar dubs on or like that and it'll just be let's double down on some acoustic instruments so there's a lot of mandolin fiddle and banjo and acoustic guitar and we had some some friends of ours from a band called we banjo three um, from Ireland uh, jump in on on fiddle and, and uh, mandolin and banjo and so it just kind of has a little bit of a jamboree kind of vibe and the the theme of gathering is about kind of looking inward towards your community, kind of in these yeah wackadoodle whack, times, you know, <laughs> where it's like how can I make sense of my life, you know, yeah. as, as I'm moving, you know, <laughs> as I'm moving through it, and you know the answer is like you know kind of looking to you know a sense of community, and and that's where the gathering theme kind of comes in, and so we had friends come and play on it, um, and that's um and that's the material that that um that we're kind of mining right now and uh, it's fun it's it kind of muses on community muses on kind of um you know the larger themes of, of uh you know life and death and dealing with grief and and kind of looking for you know places where you can have uh, hope and all this good stuff, but yeah. it's done in a very kind of fun, energetic way.
1: Nice. Well, well speaking of community, I, I noticed along with the new album, you had the offer on your website for the Crow and F- uh, Crowfoot and Key Society.
3: Wait, what? Yeah.
1: Uh, pretty sweet deal. Uh, you get a bunch of <laughs> you get a bunch of good stuff. You get the Volume One Secret Edition. Uh, yeah. You get access to exclusive events. You get one ticket to a 2018 Carbon Leaf show t-shirt and a mug but there's one thing one thing that I was really interested in in this offer and that would be the code name jeez yeah what kind of code names are we talking here hmm. what, what do I, do, I do, do do I even get any inclination as far as what that is or are you just going to leave it out there it's a code name
3: so the crowfoot and key society is a secret society
1: yeah oh and um so we're, I'm, I'm breaking a rule here by letting it out on the radio.
3: Well, no, <laughs> I just can't answer the question. Okay, okay,
0: <laughs> all right.
3: You, you now, but you can join the Crowfoot and Key Society, and, and then I can find you, out. You do get kind of exclusive uh, things, and this is an ongoing. This is an ongoing uh, thing, so yeah. you, you can, can join anytime you want. Um, there are some things that are associated with that I can't discuss, namely oh, the code man. name. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's fun. It's, um, it's, a again, kind of going to this gathering theme of, of community and, and, and kind of creating new pockets of opportunity, um, and, you know, kind of relating to fans in a, in a different way or a unique way, or maybe in ways that aren't necessarily just about, you know, carbon leaf. And, yeah. Um, and, and so that's kind of the idea behind it. And so the members get the the music you know early on like they got them they got a copy a physical copy of the music last um last uh november nice and so um and uh, we like we just uh, just about an hour ago we just had you know, like a little live stream uh thing for for the members and <laughs> um, where, where we, we played some stuff from from our studio space and you know it's just fun
1: you're going you're gonna to reel me in with that code name. You're going to have to join. I, mean, I know. It's,
3: it's,
1: I'm, I'm going <laughs> to have to join now. I'm too excited. Yes!
3: Following us all this time, you know. Now, we, uh, we have a lot of power there because you got the airwaves.
1: Exactly. I, I got I to gotta become a member of the Secret Society. I'm interested now. <laughs> uh, now, before we get back to the 25th anniversary tour, uh, I wanted to ask you about another concert you guys performed uh, at Bondview School for Jason's Daughters a uh, birthday i think it was yes looked like a pretty tough crowd to perform for man that was i saw this on instagram you were performing uh how how old were these uh, children here these are about 4 year olds yeah looked like a, a pretty tough crowd
3: man you know playing for kids is 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 the real deal you've got to be you got to be really you got to entertain them yeah you know and then and they'll let you know if you're not doing that yes! and so uh So I I can't say we're the best kids band in the world, but we're also not the worst. No. And um, and uh, but yeah. So so every year, um, of course, you know, some of the guys are married with kids now, and so every year we go and we do this the the little the little pre the little mini what do you call it preschool? Yeah. (laughs) preschool and elementary school tour. Nice. We hit for like four different classrooms and we go through, you know, we have a couple of, we we did some music for the Curious George movie a couple yeah. of years ago and we go through some of our carbon leaf songs that we feel like can uh, pass
0: muster. Kid we, worthy, uh, yeah.
3: You know, and, and generally though, no matter no matter no matter what, they're pretty they're pretty appreciative. You know, the key is just to involve them. It's like they want to be involved. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, we usually end with the wheels on the bus that go round and round. You know? <laughs> we usually go through about six or seven of those verses, and, uh, and then and we walk away rock stars. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: it seemed like most of the crowd was into it. They seemed into it, uh, <laughs> but I noticed they hadn't yet mastered rhythmic clapping yet. Nope. It was no a little bit no. off on their timing. But aside yeah. from that, they they were excited to be there, man. It, it looks like you mastered that crowd pretty well.
3: I mean, we it's it's a, it's definitely a lesson in learning. Kind of, um, you know, sometimes when you go do your thing, you know, to an adult crowd, you're just doing your thing. Yeah. But, Playing for kids, it kind of makes you think: Am I, you know, am I engaging people the right way, or should could I be doing something differently? You know, it's it's it keeps you keeps you honest, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, back to the, uh, performing for adults. Uh, you've got the 25th anniversary tour coming soon. You guys have 21 shows from April 18th to May 24th. Uh, mm. 21 shows in that time frame, uh, jam packed in those days. Uh, are you excited to get back on the road?
3: Yeah, it's um, you know it's funny we um, you know we'll do a fall tour. where we'll we'll play you know every night in September across the U.S. We'll play you know half of October. We'll play half of November, half of December. And, you know, by the time New Year's rolls around, you're like, I don't want to ever go out <laughs> on the road ever again. Nope. Yeah. This is it. I'm done. And then you know by 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 mid yeah, by the top of March, you're like, "All right, let's do this." <laughs> you're um,
1: ready to go back out. It's
3: now, gonna be spring soon, you know. Maybe, maybe you get maybe you get offered a St. Patrick's show, and you show up, and you're like, "Ah, yeah, we can do this." <laughs> <laughs> once you remember, once you remember how to play. Um,
1: well, luckily for us here in Florida, you guys have four Florida shows coming as yeah. part of this 25th anniversary. You got uh, on the 18th, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and then 19th key west and then the 22nd tampa and then 23rd orlando so how how florida tre- uh, florida crowds treated you in the past
3: hmm. you know it's 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 not a place we get to often so when we go it's usually like one or two cities yeah and so everybody's got to drive either north to south or or south and north or somewhere in the middle in orlando um it's, it's a blast you know it's 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 fun because you know you get all these you get these group of people that's like
0: where have you been you
3: know <laughs> why don't you like they're kind of half happy and they're half angry at you you
1: know you gotta win um, them over with the songs yeah. you gotta
3: win them over no but they do they come out and they come to multiple shows and uh, and you know it's just uh sometimes it's tough to route it well
1: um, I, I know you guys have you've worked with Sister Hazel in the past you just had a, a real short tour there with them for about uh, four shows and they're from uh, they're from Gainesville uh, right. are they going to have any time maybe to work in work in any of these shows maybe make a guest
0: appearance
3: uh, that's a good idea we ought to uh, I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to uh, pull uh, Ken's ear and uh, see if yeah. that's, that's a possibility I'm not sure what they're doing right now now tell you the truth Did, or, or, or what they'll be doing then.
1: they should be getting ready to perform i would say probably on that tampa one would look like the best one for them or the orlando those two would be the closest for them but just I'll just put in,
3: i'll put in a call tomorrow
1: i was about to say just an idea i don't know but you hear that everybody out there listeners you could have a potential maybe
3: Should I drop drop your name?
1: Yeah, that'll probably get you less of a pull. But, I mean, still, you can can try it out see what happens with that. But, uh, Barry, we're up against a break, man. But I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to come on the show.
3: Man, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate the the diligence and the good questions and... uh, following the band story.
1: Yeah, man. Well, listeners, you can get all the information about Carbon Leaf on their website, www.carbonleaf.com, or you can follow them on Instagram or Twitter, at Carbon Leaf, and you can check them on Facebook as well. Let's hear Send a Mindy by Carbon Leaf off the Nothing Runs with a Woman album it's right her here on the Dot G Show.
2: She's a stark white, pale horse
1: rider and hell's just around the band. She's kids to raise She got bills to feed And a And we are back on the show The Doc G Show I am your host, Doc G I'm still in the seat I'm still just floored with excitement. After another solid interview? From Mr. Bear Bear Privet. What?
2: Mr. Bear Bear.
1: That's right, I gave him the nickname Bear Bear. Can't call him Larry Bear. No, because he's not Larry. So is Bear Bear. But thanks to Carbon Leaf, for coming on the show. That was fantastic. That's a great song, by the way, Cinnamendi. One of my top five Carbon Leaf songs. Yeah, jamming all day, man. It's good stuff, man. So, uh, listeners, if you're out in the area, if you are in the Fort Lauderdale area, or you are in the Orlando area, or you are in the Key West area, or you are in the Tampa area, you will have a show that is right in your area. And as we talk... What? Better go catch it, man. As we talked on the interview, Mm -hmm. it may, may... Just include Sister Hazel as well. Jackpot. Anyways, thanks, Carbon Leaf. Check out their show. It's gonna be great. Do it. Dave, are you ready for the last birthday suit? Yeah, man. Gotta go three for three. Okay, here we go. Born on March twenty eighth, nineteen seventy, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So forty-eight. Our birthday suit wearer described his high school as very average. Hmm. As would most, I would say. He decided He wanted to become uh, an actor in Mm -hmm. 1987. Okay. His big break came when he starred in 1996 film Swingers. Oh. A little early for me. Then in 1998, he starred in Lost World Jurassic Park. Okay. Since, he has starred in Old School, Starsky and Hutch, Dodgeball, Anchorman, Wedding Crashers, The Breakup, and The Internship.
2: Oh, um... Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is correct. Nice. I'm a big Vince Vaughn fan. Are you ready for my fun
1: fact of Vince Vaughn? Yes. Fun fact Vince Vaughn just received this past month Mm -hmm. his blue belt in Brazilian jiu jitsu. Never too late to start. You know, it's pretty BA. I'll be honest. I thought when I first heard that, Mm -hmm. I was like, blue belt. It's gotta be pretty, pretty deep, pretty yeah. in there. Almost black. No, oh. it's, like it's the second one.
2: What? So it's white and then blue? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, second one. What an accomplishment! I found uh, uh, there's there's only a couple of belts before you get to black, but I'll still kick his butt. There's 10 degrees of black belt. Jeez, jeez. Oh, Seems like why don't, why don't why wouldn't you just have more colors? Yeah, just Laziness. put more colors. Laziness. A fuchsia. Uh, tangerine you can have all kinds of different colors there's all taste the rainbow jujitsu come on get it together they, they, they were totally like me though they were like black that's cool that's, just, that's let's intimidating just let's just do a bunch of different we'll do one with a, bl- a red stripe that's pretty cool that's like a poisonous snake right there that'd be fun that's like it, just think a little bit more about it jujitsu that's all i'm saying anywho happy birthday vince vaughn happy birthday to vince vaughn love him the double v the double v Double V. yes VV. next week our show dave mm-hmm. my goodness more fire more hot fire
2: Super Hot Fire. Yes.
1: We have got Caleb Cottle. Say what? A fantastic musician of Americana, if you will. Yes. Nice. Fantastic jam. musician from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Pretty close to where All I'm right. from. Cool. Uh, yeah, pretty close there. Pretty and then the week after that, we've got producer turned rapper The Deacon. from Miami that's right
2: Winston-Salem to the Deacon yeah
1: that's the connection I didn't mean to do that but that's Uh what yes the Deacon from Miami I mean he's been in the game he's been doing things with Lil Wayne he's been doing things with DJ Khaled really he's been a big producer in the game and now he's decided. you know what I'm turning the mic towards me yeah my turn it's time to get live on this here mic I like that yeah so we're going to have both of those guys coming up in the next two weeks. Very exciting. We've got some other things in the works. I've got my strings going. I've got some, I've got some things some feelers cooking. Out there. Okay. It, it's going to get real hot here on the Doc G show. I like it. Real hot. Wait, what? Anywho, for this show... It's been too much. I got to turn oh, it man. off, or the 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 radio's gonna explode from over over excitement. Huh? Yeah, that happens. That's Sometime a thing. In time with us, you know. That's a real thing that can happen. <laughs> nope. So I'm gonna end the show. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, flying solo in the co-pilot today. Hey, Dave. Burls Berlin. I like to call it first class, Doc. Say what? You're gonna have to pick up where where Justin left off. I got it. I got the, where, I got where the, the ending. The BB, okay, good. I got it. We'll see you again in one week. So make sure you're here on the Doc G Show. Do it. With us. Do Until it. Until next time, zip it up and zip it out. zippity doo